Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and I'm your host here on the show. Thank you so much for tuning us in and turning us on. we got a great show for you uh, coming up here. Boy, this is kind of very exciting for me, and many of you have just expressed in just a remarkable interest in tonight's show. Um, I get to talk with somebody that... First of all, uh, let me just say that uh, I think I, I think this is an opportunity for everyone, all of us. It uh, doesn't matter what you think your gifts are or what you think they're not. This is an incredible time for all of us to sort of get the level of awareness that we have, especially about ourselves first. Uh, just raise up the volume a little bit. And what do I mean by that? I think, you know, what I'm trying to say is, these are extraordinary times for a lot of reasons. You know, there are people across the planet that are doing incredible things. Now, I got a call from a gentleman today who is launching a special event around uh, September 9th, 10th, and 11th. And, you know, that event is, you know, around oneness, oneness on the planet, healing, uh, forgiveness instead of fear. And so when I say that, this is an extraordinary time. It's an extraordinary time for people like you, people like me, people like my guests joining me here today. Uh, of course, uh, you know, an, an just incredible author, uh, but in her own right, somebody that has also uh, taken uh, the journey to say yes to an extraordinary way to heal. Today joining me here, Madeline Walker is uh, uh, not only an author, but someone that writes about some of the most incredible ways for us to heal ourselves, heal the planet, and much more. Today, I get to chat with uh, her about the Whale Whisperer, healing messages from the animal kingdom to help mankind and the planet. And this is so critically important right now. You know, many people are asking the question, why are so many things happening on the planet that are tearing structures down, earthquakes, why are things tearing government structures down? Yet at the same time, there's so much going on in the planet that is raising up, asking all of us to pull ourselves up, both physically and metaphysically, to the place where we can understand that we're each here to do something extraordinary. My guest today and the author of The Whale Whisperer, Madeline Walker, as I said before, she is astonishing her insight or how how should i say it animal insight is unprecedented today we're going to get to take this extraordinary journey with her to find out what this knowledge is you know what are the whales saying to us but it more than the whales what are we hearing 
from creatures uh, all across our planet. You know, what are the things, the messages, you know, the, the whales, the keepers of the documents, what is it they're trying to reach out and say to us? And how how has my guest tonight been able to capture this in an incredible, incredible book? Now, you know, there are a lot of things that my guest does, but I'm going to let her tell you about them. Madeline, welcome to the show. It is so wonderful to have you on here. Uh, it's just great. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Well, it's wonderful to be on the show with you. Thank you so much for inviting me. So you have been called one of the world's uh, leading animal intuitive uh, and healers, um, one of the world's most incredible. Uh, you work uh, with a, a veterinary hospital, surgeons, teachers, uh, you write for magazines, you're on radio and television. What is it like to have that, let's just call it a title for now, but with that title comes an enormous responsibility, doesn't it? Well, it does, but, you know, we can all do this. We can all connect with animals. That's what's so amazing. Um, you know, I'm not anything special. You know, the the work that I do is very special thanks to the animals, but... Um, you know, if we just can open our minds and our hearts, we can all do this. We can all connect with animals, and we don't need to go to far-flung places. We can, we can learn all you know, so many things from our pet dogs or cats or even a guinea pig. You know, animals are so much more than we think they are. They are huge sentient beings, and we've got so much to learn from them. You know, you are um, known as an international animal communicator, um, horse and rider, trauma consultant, spiritual empowerment coach, and and much more. I made a statement earlier in the show, and what I said was that this is an incredible time. You know, there are things that are being deconstructed right now around the planet, but there are also so many wonderful things. I mean, perfect example of this is on the island of um, of of Hawaii, where this volcano on the Big Island just will not quit, and yet what it's doing is the lava that's flowing into the sea is building a new island. Mm. And I wanted to ask you about that in the context of what these fabulous creatures on our planet have to say to you about this idea of breaking down and building up. Well, as you say, there's just so many amazing things happening. I wonder if I could just um, very briefly just read a quote. Which yes. I think sums up from the animals really what, why this is happening and, and what as we as a race, as a human race, have to learn. Um, if I can just quote this. We as humans have to let go of feelings of separation and reclaim our sense of self to remember that there is only love. That is the animal's gift. They open mm-hmm. us up to communication with them so that we may communicate with ourselves. We have drifted so far from our truth. The animals are here to gently nudge us back on track on our path of understanding. uh, That is beautiful in in such a a deep and profound way because I think that we are being shaken up in so many ways so that we can – it's almost like you ever see some of these examples of – uh, you know, a mom in a grocery store walking down the aisle, and she's got a, a you know, a five, six, seven-year-old child that just goes down the aisle, wants to knock everything off the shelves, and she sort of grabs him or her by the shoulders, not in an angrily way, but almost to to just grab them to to say, "Stop! Wake up a minute!" 
And, you know, I think about this, uh, you know, quite often, but you and your journey and how this all started was so deeply um, engaged and arranged so that somehow it got your attention that in this lifetime you'd be called to do this. Maybe it would be great for you to share where this all began. Well, it was quite a shock. I mean, I've always adored animals. I used to be married to a very scientific vet um, who looked at the very, in quite a, you know, obviously a very scientific way. But I was just cuddling this Jack Russell puppy one day, and it was a tiny puppy belonging to a friend of mine called Lee. And he was on his back on my lap, and I was just, oh, just enjoying his gorgeousness. And all of a sudden, I heard this voice in my head, and I knew it wasn't my voice and I knew it wasn't anybody else in the room speaking but he started to to tell me information Um, and as I looked down at him his eyes were looking really intently back at me and everything that he told me uh, I I sort of asked uh, Lee his owner and she confirmed that everything he told me was absolutely true Uh, even showing me what her old dog that she had before looked like um, and when my friend showed me a photograph, it was exactly what this puppy had shown me in my head. And I really thought I had lost the plot. I thought, oh, I've <laughs> completely crazy here. Um, but from then on, it seemed like the floodgates were opened and I started to be able to hear all sorts of animals telling me all sorts of things. And, it, you know, it just became, I don't know, just my whole life changed from that moment on. Um, and I've always adored horses, and my, most of my work is with horses and, and riders. But the way that the animals have sort of gently led me through, well, well it's been a pretty vertical learning curve, but um, they've just been expanding and expanding and expanding me. And the biggest message from them is to remember the bigger picture, but the bigger picture keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so the journeys with the wild creatures just... Um, again, just started to happen and then expand, and I felt I was called to do more and more. But the whales, I suppose, have been um, my greatest teachers. They're, they're the ones that I feel are the record keepers. Um, and they have sort of talked about the human race rather like a delinquent teenager that you were sort of, you were describing a child, but they've yeah. sort of, you know, um, co- compared it to a delinquent teenager that they just sort of nudged back on track or are trying to nudge us back on track which is fascinating. It is fascinating because, you know, I often wonder, don't you ever think about this? Do do you ever think a little bit, Madeline, like what is it going to take for us to sort of, you know, sit up and know that we're, you know, we have to pay attention? Because I think we've been getting these subtle messages. And honestly, I wouldn't say that a message from a whale is very subtle, but you get what (laughs) I'm trying to say, right? (laughs) it's the most beautiful thing to have a message from a from a whale, but um, they just do it with such compassion. That's what I, I mean. They, they, oh, their forgiveness and the compassion that they show, despite what we've done to them, um, is mind blowing, really. And you know, I want to talk about this because you know, I think we're we have all been reawakened, so to speak, to some of the dangers that we uh, put forth uh, to the creatures in the ocean. I mean, clearly we are learning this from, you know, what happens during oil spills, but there's much more than that that is really going on. Uh, from your perspective, and in, in, in communication with the whales, 
what is their greatest concern for humanity and the planet? I think it's this sense of being or feeling separated or detached from what they call is the all, uh, is, you know, we are all one. And they are, they are trying to sort of remind us that, that if we continue to be or feel disconnected, that we are not working with or for the planet, we're working against it. And we really have to uh, reconnect and remember um, you know, our connection to the planet. So we start to really honor ourselves and in, therefore honoring the planet. Um, you know, they've told me that they want to imbue every molecule of water in the ocean with their love so that when the oceans reach the shores, the shores can then be imbued with their love so that we can really start to feel that and to realize that we, you know, we are all one um, and say it's part of the whole thing of getting us back on track. And, and I just found that so incredibly emotional that they would still be prepared to do that for us. You know, it, um, it's mind-blowing, really. Well, and, and you know, it is mind-blowing. And, you know, the, these are creatures that are so majestic. And, uh, you, you know, I think just about every human being has a sense of, the 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 energy of a whale or the symbolism of a whale or the meaning and I'm not just talking about you know uh, people like us but even indigenous people are so grateful for the gift of the whale uh, especially here where I live and I guess the question is do, do in in this book and the book that I'm referring to for those of you just tuning in is called the Whale Whisperer: Healing Messages from the Animal Kingdom to Help Mankind and the Planet. My guest, Madeline Walker, is joining me here today. When we think about what it is we have to learn, and you are the conduit to this lesson, how do you handle that, Matt? <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know. You are the one that is the translator. You know, you're the one that is bringing this message forward. Are there days where you wake up where you think, how am I ever going to get people to understand this? Well, yes, yeah, sometimes. I mean, um, finding a publisher to take this book on, you know, was was a bit rather a challenge. And, and um, uh, you know, I remember getting up... So the first day of 2010 and feeling very excited and I went for a walk um, and I write about this at the beginning of the book um, and I just read an amazing book where it talks about how you can connect with the nature divas and the elementals and I thought I'm going to ask, I'm going to call them in, I'm going to try this out. So I took my dogs for a walk and I was just saying, you know, why am I being given all these incredibly profound, really vital messages and, and yet I'm finding it difficult to to get them out there, someone you know why? Why give them to me if I can't convey them? You know, um, to as many people as, as I possibly can. And they just they I was walking along and I was calling these elementals in, and I felt these presences around me, almost laughing with me, not at me but with me. And they just said, "Just get on and write it. Just write it." <laughs> and I, oh, okay. And and they said, and they said, "You've got to call it the Whale Whisperer." And I went, "Okay." But I, I talked to all sorts of animals, but they said, yes, but you said the other day that the most profound message you ever had was from the whale, so you've got to call it the whale whisperer. So I said, okay, that's what I'll do. And I'd contacted um, Fintorn Press, the publisher that, I, that took me on, uh, wonderful, um, mm -hmm. about another book that I was wanting to write, but this one had come up so strongly. 
And so I just sent them another email saying, well, actually, I really want to get these messages out there um, because I've been working on a, a, a book, which actually I'm writing now, about um, pets' past lives, um, which they were sort of, sort of considering. But once they heard about the Well Whisperer, they said, yep, we want it. You know, we'll, we'll take it on. I thought, oh, it's fantastic. So my little walk with the um, elementals really paid off because they really gave me a kick at the backside to just get on with it and get it out there. And I'm so grateful to the publishers for, for taking the book on and for helping me so much and, um, and just allowing me to get these messages out there. And, and you know, I'm, I'm still um, you know, having encounters with these creatures and um, I've got lots more to convey. So I want to have a, a sequel to The Whale Whisperer as soon as possible because I've got so much more to, to say that they're, they're, they're still telling me. So... Um, it's really exciting. Do uh, you know do, when when I read the book, and I want to just tell everyone this is this is a wonderful journey. I mean, you know, you are sharing not only uh, your journey with the whales, but your personal journeys, your personal uh, experiences, adventure, uh, regressions, whatever one wants to to call it. And do you ever step back and look at yourself and look at your eye, you, you know, your life and where you are and where you're going and, and, and ask yourself if, if this is a message or your message or your message through the animal kingdom, is this going to be the message that gets the attention of people to create transformative positive change? Well, I sincerely hope so. I, I know I feel that perhaps I'm a seed sower. And mm. if, even if people read it and think, oh, I don't know about this. Um, is, this woman, <laughs> is this woman crazy? But if it just makes people think, um, I feel that I'm doing my job or I'm trying to do the best job I can for the animals. I am just a conduit. Um, and it's a huge privilege and very humbling to be this conduit. But obviously... To be a conduit, you have to pass it, the message on to reach other people. So I'm so grateful to people like yourself that allow me to come and talk about it, to spread the word, because um, that's my mission, if you like. And um, I'm, I'm so committed and compelled, if you like, by the animals to, to step up to the plate. Um, talking about another species that I, that I connected with was the, the white lions yes. in, in South Africa, and the great white lion, Mandler, who sort of called me to go and meet him, I was sent him an email with their website, and I went on the website, and this wonderful, beautiful white lion just stares out of, the, out of the screen at you. And when I saw him, I thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to meet you one day. It took me two years to save the money to, to get out to, to meet him. But his message to us all is that we have to be lion-hearted in our endeavors to step up to the plate to start working with the planet and I feel he's a huge driving force behind me. And there's something else. When you're next to a white lion, oh, it just blows your socks off. The energy is incredible. You know, I use the term majestic, and I think this is really, you know, just a really cool conversation to have with you because, you know, I was going to ask you about the white lion and about your journeys. I mean, I hope we can talk a bit about about some of them. You know, you you have done things that that most people may may or may not even dream about. I, I mean, your journeys, your connections. I mean, being able to have a conversation with a white lion who is really calling us to be lion-hearted mm-hmm. um, with the hope that, okay, we even understand what that means, right? You, you know, to understand what being lion-hearted means. 
I, I mean, this was just a small piece of the many adventures that, you know, you went on, the many continents that you've gone, gone on. And yet, when I read your writing, every experience is an experience that is of complete awe to you. Absolutely. I'm in constant awe. Um, absolutely. Um, I mean, even connecting to a guinea pig, working with clients and, and what that guinea pig could tell me about their owners and what their owners need and, and stuff they tell me about um, people in their, when they were children and the animal wasn't even with them. And it's just, how do they know this stuff? You know, it, it's mind-blowing. And I, I just, I'm so passionate because I just feel so much love from them and it is awe-inspiring. I'm in awe of everything. <laughs> uh, you have a, a very unique experience or, um, shall I say, journey um, to remember experiences in Egypt. And I would love for you to share a little bit of that with our listeners. Oh, crikey, it's um, hard to know where to start. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long have we got, you know? Yeah, um, I, I just love it, though. It's it's amazing. Well, Egypt is, is always very, very special. And um, I was actually out with wild dolphins in the Red Sea at Master Alarm last November. And it was on the 11th of the 11th. I really wanted to get back to uh, Karnak, which is the temple that I, I, had, I had a regression several years before um, and I found that I was a priestess in a temple called Karnak and I've never heard of Karnak. I've always been fascinated with Egypt but didn't really know much about it and I did this regression and in the regression I was a priestess in Karnak but I'd run away with this very handsome man to be with him and, and left my healing duties and the, the lesson of the life when I sort of did a um, an overview was that I felt very guilty about um, giving up my healing duties. Uh, I, I was very much in love with this man, and we were happy, but I always had that feeling that I really needed to to do the work, that I shouldn't have left the work. And so about a week after having that regression, I got um, a magazine from a mind-body-spirit book club, and on the back of the magazine, they advertised spiritual retreats. And I, I was drinking a cup of coffee, and I nearly dropped the coffee because... When I just looked at the back of the, the magazine, just casually flicking through it, I just saw this advert and it said, Egypt calls to all the priests and priestesses of Karnak, come and reclaim your ancient wisdom. And I went, oh my gosh. And I couldn't stop shaking from head to toe. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've, I've got to go. I've just got to go. And I had to sort of say to my husband, I think I need to go to Egypt. And he's going like, what? And I said, what? <laughs> I think I've got to go. So he said, okay. But um, the person that he dropped off, it's only for a week, the person he dropped off at the airport was not the person he picked up when I came back. And really that just turned my whole life upside down because it was so life-changing. Because when I got back to Karnak and I walked into the temple complex, I knew exactly where I had to go. And I'd been shown this inner sanctum where it had a big stone platform that I'd gone and, and lain on. And this is where I used to be, and I had felt this man sort of calling me to run away with him. And when I went into the complex, I knew exactly which way to turn. I mean, it's a huge, I don't know if you've been to Karnak, but it's a huge temple. And I just walked all the way through and walked straight into this sanctum. And to my amazement, there was the big stone plinth. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm home. And I couldn't stop crying, and I couldn't stop shaking. And I thought, oh, if anybody else is looking in, 
wondering what the heck is going on with this woman, this crazy woman crying and sobbing and shaking. But it was, I just knew I was home. I knew exactly where I was. And then I got, I met Sekhmet um, in her little temple there. And again, that was to reconnect with Sekhmet. Um, for those who, who don't know, she's sort of the, the lioness warrior goddess. Um, and uh, I just felt like just massive, massive reconnections and all sorts of bells ringing and things triggering inside me. It was so powerful and so emotional. And you really talk about this. I just want to tell everybody, you know, that I love that you share this story in the book uh, because you really do invite us into your life. And then you invite us into your life and your life in adventure as you go from place to place. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, in in this country, we sort of have this, uh, what do I want to say? We have this real connection to dolphins. Mm -hmm. Now, what what do I mean by that? How do we know in our culture that we do? Okay, well, let's just look at all of the films and our pop culture and sort of this level of respect that we have for dolphins. Now, here we are, we have this level of respect for dolphins, but yet I don't think uh, the average one of us really understands why we do. What has been your connection with dolphins and what is their message? How is it different from some of the other, you know, amazing animals out there? Well, the dolphin message is about um, the art of reclaiming our joy and uh, the art of play. And when I was recently, or last November, as I mentioned, I was out with the with the dolphins in the Red Sea. Um, I connected with a huge pod of wild spinner dolphins. And on the last encounter, we were met by this wall of about 60 dolphins coming towards us. And it was like swimming in dolphin soup, and they were just exploding all around us. And the message was for us to really, really recapture that sense of of deep joy and and to forgive ourselves because we carry so much guilt on so many very deep levels. Even going back to Atlantis, they were talking to me about. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is some, you know, this is a bit deep. But it made a lot of sense. And when you um, recapture that, that sense of joy that they, they gave me, and also the sound that they they emit, the, the sound from the dolphins and from the whales, when it vibrates through your body, it has a huge effect at a cellular level. It really does get, get in there really deep, and it does um, change it, change you. Um, so they're, they're just so, so joyful, and, you know, you can't help but smile when you, when you look at a dolphin. It makes you smile. I wanted to ask you, because we're getting a couple of questions in here, one of the questions uh, that has come in, uh, in is a question, have you ever met with, um, have you ever met with um, one of the, you know, one of our, our, our fabulous creatures from the animal kingdom who didn't like us or didn't like you? Have you ever met up with angry animal energy? Boy, that's a great question, isn't it? That's a great question. Yeah, the one that comes to mind, um, when I was in South Africa, I went to a place called Drakenstein Lion Park, where they rescue a lot of very, very damaged lions from around the world that have been kept in the most horrendous um, conditions. And there was a female lioness there who hated everybody, all humans, and you could see it in her eyes. And we'd gone to to connect with some of the lions, and some of the lions were very, very chatty, but she just glared, and you knew that if you stepped inside her enclosure, you were toast, you'd had it, you know, she really, she looked at you, and you knew that 
that there was no way you would survive. You couldn't just go in and pet her. You, you know, you, you, that would be it. But we had a young girl in our, in our group, and she decided that she wanted to sit down and talk to this, this lioness. And I just was sort of there eavesdropping, and she hadn't wanted to talk to any of us adults at all. She was so angry, and she felt all the lions that came into that park, all their pain. She could feel what they'd been through, and it just reaffirmed her hate of man, really. And I didn't blame her in the least. I thought, you have every right to hate us for what we've done to you. But I heard her talking to this girl, and this girl was just pouring out her love, and it was almost like she decided to talk to this young human because she thought if this young human is willing to listen to me then maybe there's some hope and it was the most amazing conversation to listen in to and I really felt that this lioness was saying to this girl and I was anything that she wasn't quite understanding from the lioness I was if you like translating and it was all about you must go out and tell other young people what it happens to these to these beautiful beings and if man can treat a lion king of beasts in in this way then it's pretty poor show for the human race and you know that you really need to tell your schoolmates tell other young people what is going on and what needs to have to change and i just felt that was so amazing because this lioness came right up to the, the wire i mean they have about an acre enclosure and they're there for the rest of their life they're completely safe um mm. obviously they can never be turned wild or anything but they have uh, the best life they can possibly have under the circumstances and um, they do such a great job there rescuing these lions but she just sat right next to the wire and the girl sat right next to the other side of the wire and they just had this amazing just sort of um, connection and this exchange of well you know awareness and I thought that was so beautiful but that lion hated man big time and she had every right to mm, you know this is really uh you know for listening to the show it really does show you what we are capable of when when it comes to love we're going to take a short break incredible book everyone i just want to tell you um you know the book is the whale whisperer healing messages from the animal kingdom to help mankind and the planet but more importantly i would love for you to take a look at the this the, the depth and the breadth of what Madeline Walker uh, is all about. You can go to the website in exchangeoflove.com, in exchangeoflove.com. And then also when you get there, you're going to be able to see that, uh, you know, there are special services if you want to connect uh, with your animal friends. Ma- Madeline has a great way to do that. There's also a ways for you to get a copy of the book. Uh, books available pretty much anywhere, but you get to, you get to really see an incredible sense uh, of the depth and the breadth of what love is like through the eyes of someone that can speak with animals. Stay tuned, everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Paul Bland. I want to tell you about my friend, Glutathione. Imagine each cell of your body as a room in a house that has a fire in the fireplace to provide heat and energy to optimize your body's functioning. Now imagine that fire getting out of control due to stress, illness, or toxins. This is when your friend glutathione is not produced fast enough to turn the heat down. 
I found something amazing that has transformed my health dramatically, and I've lost 20 pounds as a bonus. Action Way. Action Way is nature's perfect way of providing the three precursors to maintain high levels of glutathione in each cell of your body. Research has shown that Action Way has the purest ingredients to create glutathione naturally and effectively in your body to control that raging fire. Please call me at 866-831-4330 for more information on Action Way and visit seaandearth.com. That's S-E-A and Earth. Com to find out how to get your raging fire under control. Hi, I'm Paul Bland. Did you know there is only one truly perfect food protein produced by nature? It can bring dramatic results to your health, your appearance, and overall performance. Introducing Action Way. No other protein supplement on the market has been able to achieve the incredible health benefits of Action Way while still achieving a taste that is better than a malt shop shake. Action Way for the way nature intended. Visit seaandearth.com. That's S-E-A and earth.com for more information. If you've gone through a separation and feel disappointment, despair, loss of identity, and fear, there is a new pathway to joy for you. SoulWorks Coaching empowers you to go through this separation with soul and hope. So get ready to step into a new relationship with yourself and build a fabulous new life. Contact Monique today at 617-328-7113. That's 617-328-7113. And visit soulworkscoaching.com. Give yourself this gift of love today. Life Shifting with Dr. J is a show about living full out and helping listeners to banish their fears, embrace their dreams, and move with greater ease through the ups and downs of our crazy world. Dr. J's Life Shifting Method is all about reinventing and renewing ourselves throughout our lives. Dr. J will have a wide array of entertaining, insightful, and highly credentialed guests who will inspire us with stories of their own life shifts. Listeners will wake up, listen deeply, and reflect about their own lives and are encouraged to call in and get live coaching from Dr. J and his expert guests who are passionate about helping people reclaim lost vitality. Life Shifting with Dr. J is about heartfelt dialogue, amazing life stories, personal struggles of highly successful people, their journeys, their ups and downs, and their triumphs. Listen in to Life Shifting with Dr. J on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You'll be inspired and moved to step up to your growing edge and shift your life into high gear. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for the complete show schedule. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, if you've missed any part of this uh, show, you know, these archives are going to be up really quickly. Um, this is a very special hour of broadcasting I do. As a matter of fact, it is my favorite hour. Um, I do about... Uh, at 12, 13 hours of live radio a week. And this hour is so very special to me. I get to chat with people from all over the globe. And my guest, you know, Madeline Walker, joining me here today, I think it's close to 3 a.m. in the morning where she is. Um, the book is The Whale Whisperer, Healing Messages from the Animal Kingdom to Help Mankind and the Planet. But I will tell you that, um, you know, there are many opportunities for you to take a journey with Madeline, just like uh, some of the journeys we're talking about. And so, you know, Madeline, thank you for joining us here today. On, on your website, inexchangeoflove.com, 
and exchangeoflove.com. You know, I've noticed that you have a, a great schedule here where you're going to be. You're also going to be doing an extraordinary uh, trip in Florida in January of 2012. Can you just tell people a little bit more about these adventures and how they can uh, participate or find out more information? Well, obviously, you know, I teach people how to learn to, or not to learn, but to remember how to communicate with animals. And so to be able to create a retreat where people can join me and, um, uh, you know, have these incredible encounters is something that I really want to do. And I've recently come back from Canada uh, working with um, a herd of wild horses, uh, where the horses are the therapists. And that was amazing, the the. the situations that happened and the healing that happened and the feedback from people since they've come back has been extraordinary um but yeah i'm i'm working with a lovely friend of mine who runs a company called wild ocean adventures which i've done quite a lot of my journeys with um she's offered a a trip in january in florida with manatees to go and and she sort of invited me to bring a group of people to learn how to communicate with the manatees and to swim with them and to interact with them because they're so gentle and so loving and and just gorgeous and so I'm really excited to be able to offer this Um, and as soon as we know that there's some interest we can start organizing the the trip and and getting the group together um, which is going to be fantastic but also I'm in um, the Pearl Islands in Panama in October Um, we can um, go out on the boat but also swim with humpback whales and dolphins and I'll be teaching people how to open their hearts the, the title of the trip of the retreat is called um healing heart and soul with whale and dolphin wisdom and i was guided by the whales to call it that and they are just sort of waiting for us to go and to give us that healing to help us reconnect with ourselves as i gave the, the quote at the beginning of the interview and it's about communicating with them but we learn to communicate with ourselves so it's really the journey was that will be with the animals will be learning to to speak to them, but also to hear how they can give us the healing. So it's really exciting to you know to be able to offer this now. It's uh, it's another dimension to my journeys. It's to actually invite other people to come with me to also receive that healing and that that wisdom. It's um it's just going to be incredible. You know, you and I were talking during the break, and and I want to give people a sense of, first of all, I want to give people a sense of the book and, of course, your work, but what one of these experiences and journeys are like. Um, First of all, let me tell everybody about the book. This is very unusual um, for a, a published book these days to have so many beautiful, beautiful pictures, in color, by the way, that capture the essence of what we're talking about. Um, one of the things I, I, I wanted to ask you about, there is one photograph in particular in, in the book that is haunting and daunting for me. And I mentioned it to you during the break. It is that beautiful picture of Gina, but it's the picture of, G, of the eye of this majestic whale. And I wanted to ask you if you could tell me, perhaps, why I'm so drawn to that. I mean, I look at that picture, and it gives me chills. Well, being you, you ought to be in the water next to her. And she's, <laughs> she's looking at you with that eye. It's just, oh, gosh, it, it's emotional. It, it's uh, almost indescribable. Um, Gina was uh, a mother whale that I swam with, um, and she shared her, her baby with us. We, As a group of us, we 
um, shared, I suppose, about four hours in the water with her. Um, and she just stayed right neck with us, and she allowed her baby to just swim around and come and eyeball us. And and she just watched and waited and was so patient with us all. And we were obviously being very respectful and just stay, keeping our distance, but allowing them to come to us and then to go away and then to come back and to just interact in whatever way they were most comfortable with. But when I um, asked her why she'd been so amazing and thanked her from the bottom of my heart, that she shared her baby with us. And she said that the message that she was giving us was a message of trust, ah. that, she, that she was showing us that we needed to learn to trust, trust in ourselves, trust in the universe, just trust the whole concept of it in its broadest um, form. And she told me that I could call her Gina because she said, I know you humans like to give things names, and you can call me Gina. And she just downloaded so much incredible information but I was um, talking to somebody else about the photographs that we took that day. And um, when we printed out the photographs of her, of her calf, we talk about orbs in photographs. And some people say, oh, it's just dust particles, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. But uh, there's no dust underwater. No, but there isn't. <laughs> but there were pink, rose quartz pink orbs all around her baby. And I, when I saw them, I thought, oh, my gosh, look at this. This sort of pink of the heart color, this heart chakra color in these orbs was just shining out from, from her baby. And I, was, I couldn't believe it. I just thought that is so beautiful. But, yeah, she was completely awe-inspiring and so gentle. Um, and her baby was so beautiful and so nosy, so curious, because it would just come round and look at all these weird black blobs in the water in our wetsuits and just thinking what the hell are you you know and then we'd go back and have a quick drink of milk from its mum and then she would get um her huge petrol fin and then give it a nudge up to the surface so it would remember to take a breath because the babies have to breathe uh, between every sort of five and six minutes the mums or the adults can can sort of stay uh without a breath for quite a bit longer so the baby would whiz up to the surface take a deep breath and then come round us again and do another circuit of looking at us and just uh, in wonder as we were absolutely awestruck in wonder it back at it you know and just going oh my god and I had to keep pinching myself saying am I really doing this am I really in the water next to this mother whale and the baby and she's just letting us be near her baby and oh my gosh it was something I will never ever forget and to be able to capture that and put the her photograph in the book this lovely Swiss guy Urs took these photographs and he's allowed me to use Gina on the cover and in inside the book. Um, just so grateful to him because he captured her. Oh, beautifully. And, you know, and, and really that's why I wanted to point this out because, you know, there are so many things you describe so beautifully. I mean, there's a section in the book that I wanted to ask you about here. Um, this hour goes so quickly. But Gina, Gina's vision of sending uh, love to the earth, you talk about what that vision looked, um, looked like and you invited um, uh, some people that were on this journey with you to visualize Gina's vision of sending love to the earth. And it was a guided message of healing for the planet. But you are so clear about what these messages are. And I think in this case, you know, we were talking about, um, you were talking about the, the earth floating above an immense lotus flower. And a million, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so beautiful that that image because it was um like a go a global healing um day when I was actually out out with the um with the whales, and so I asked Gina if she could help us to give us some kind of visualization that would help somehow to send healing to the planet, and she uh gave me this image in my mind of us all to visualize the, the planet Earth, as you said, above this immense, immense uh, lotus flower, and then for us to visualize the, the planet somehow being cushioned by the lotus. And so when I invited other group members, anyone who was open to, to trying this, to visualize this at the exact time that we'd agreed around, around the planet with other healers in different um, destinations around the, the globe, um, and so we, we did this. And then in the evening when I was in my bunk and I, I was tuning back into Gina again and I got the image of the planet actually lowered right in within the lotus and that the petals were cushioning it and softening it and surrounding it and protecting it. And I really felt that something had shifted, something that we'd done thanks to Gina's help had had it had made a difference, you know, we, I prayed that it made some kind of difference somewhere on some level, and it was so beautiful that she, you know, she showed me this. It is a beautiful, beautiful message, and you know, I wanted to ask you this question because I'm in awe. First of all, I'm in awe listening to you, but in reading the book and your amazing connection uh, to these majestic creatures of of all kinds. How do they know that you know? That's a very good question. Um, I suppose because, you know, telepathy is, is such an amazing um, language. You, you just sort of know. You just have this inner core knowing. Um, you don't need words, really. You know, you just, you just have this complete interspecies interaction where you feel it. You really feel it. Um, it's on that level. And... They you know you get it, they get it, and it's it's that you know it's like my first title of my book and my website's called it's it's that exchange of love. It it really is um, a profound exchange of love at a cellular level. It really is, and it's hard almost. It is quite hard to describe, but um, you just know it. You know, you just know it, and it's uh, it's incredible. Mm. We have such grief for the loss of our animal friends. And you really touch upon this in the book. You have an experience you talk about. Um, I think you call it more advice from, from Pillow in the yeah. book. But we have so much grief. We have such a connection. I know that when Travis, you know, my collie of 13 years, uh, moved on, it took me so long. And even today, when I think about it, it just... I, I just get sad, mm. but happy, sad and happy at the same time, right? Because, you know, this is a collie. This is a dog that looked like Lassie, right? <laughs> and yet at the same time, as human beings, we do have this sadness around the loss of our, our animal friends. And I often wonder what it's like for them to move on. And I wanted to ask you that question. You know, what is their message to us? especially those that have moved on, you know, what is their message to us as we still walk around here alive grieving for, you know, about them? Yeah, well, Pillow was the most beautiful dog. Um, I wrote about, and there's photographs of her actually in, in the first book, An Exchange of Love. Um, 
when I'd come back from being in the Wales and, and I'd been on the ocean with them for about a week and at any one time there were about 150 whales all around me so being completely immersed in that energy was something else and then stepping out of it, coming back onto the mainland, back to the hotel on the Dominican Republic, I just started to feel really, really nauseous and, oh, just awful and I, just, and I started to feel really, really emotional and I felt my beautiful dog in spirit called Pillow. Um, we had her for a very short time. I mean, all the dogs that I've had, we've had, so they were old and gray and ancient. And we had Pillow for about 10 months. And she was so young. And she somehow, we had a really big garden. It was really well fenced. But somehow she managed to get out onto the road. And she got hit by a motorbike. And she sort of died. I felt her heart beat stop in my arms. Mm. And it was just so horrendous. And she came through to me. I was in my hotel room feeling nauseous and faint and wondering what the hell was going on, you know, what the heck was going on. And she came into my mind, and I just burst into tears. And I said out, out loud, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I lost you. How could you have left me, you know? And she came through, and she gave me such a telling off, such a lecture, <laughs> and said, you never lost me. None of us are ever lost. I'm around you all the time. You humans get so hung up on death and dying. It's just another part of life. It's just another dimension. And we are all around. And the main messages that I get talking about the bigger picture is that we, are, we all meet up, you know, and they can come back to us. We travel as a soul group with other humans, but also with our animals. And that reassures me, even though, you know, even though it's always so devastating, uh, I had to to put my cat, my old cat to sleep earlier on this year. And although it was devastating, I just felt so happy. And he's come back to me. He's come back to me as a little kitten. I've got him now. And he's come back so quick. And he just knows me. He knows everything that I do. Um, he does all the things that the old cat did. And I, I just feel so happy that animals can, can also teach us this, that, you know, that, that, that death is nothing. It's just um, like going into another room. It's just an old overcoat that you just get rid of, and then you can choose to go and get a new one, you know, and come back again. And it does help a lot. And I have to do a lot of you know, readings for people with their animals and spirit, and I can intuit, you know, what messages they have for their owners, and maybe when they're going to come back and what they might look like when they come back, which is lovely to then get the feedback that they've actually found that animal again and the messages that they gave was exactly what happened and that's so gratifying for me and it's lovely to be able to reassure people and myself because oh you know I still really feel it you know um I have two quite elderly dogs now and the thought of them passing brings a big lump to my throat but I know that um they've been with me before and we will be together again and um that does help me a lot but it's tough, isn't it? It really is. It is tough, and I think it really draws to the, you know this next question um, that uh, you know that I, that I wanted to ask you about, and this is a question that has come from one of our listeners, and and it really does talk to the point that you just talked about, and that is when as humans, you know, we make a decision to you know uh, to to put a dog down, as they say, to end a, a cat's life or or so forth. And, and I'll tell you, I did that with Travis, and I actually did that in my living room. Mm-hmm. And I remember after, after I had done it, I had said to the, the vet who was there, I said, I will never do that again. 
And mm-hmm. I, that image stayed with me forever, and the guilt around that stayed with me for a very long time. So the question then comes, you know, from one of the listeners, and I guess what I experience is, do we have the right to do that? Is that just our guilt, or are we simply paying attention to what they're trying to tell us? I, I totally feel that it, it can be a final gift that we can give them. That might sound uh, a bit harsh, but actually... Animals, I believe they tell us when they're ready to go, and sometimes they need help with that. Mm. And, um, I, although it, it is incredibly hard and it is some of the hardest decisions that you ever make, I do believe that they tell us when they're ready to go. Um, just for example, you know, my old cat, he had this massive stroke and he'd been so healthy. He was 17 he'd been so healthy all his life. Um, but I knew that this was a time he'd done what he needed to do. He'd been here for long enough, and he was falling over. He couldn't eat. He, was, he couldn't walk straight, and he was such a proud cat, and he just looked at me, and it was almost like he was saying, yeah, enough, and I yeah. said, okay, we'll do this. And he, he normally, I mean, if he ever had to go to the vet, because sometimes he, would, he was very fierce, and he would fight with other cats, and they would always come off worse, but sometimes he'd have a bite that would maybe turn into an abscess. And so if we had to take him into the vet, it was almost like he had a government health warning because he was so so, <laughs> feisty, so feisty and scary. And um, But when we, when we took him into the vets this time, he was really calm um, and he was really accepting. And my son and I, we were there, you know, sobbing our hearts out, but he just sat there and just allowed it and... When I looked at him when he passed, he looked, he almost like he had a big smile on his face. It might sound a silly thing to say, but he really looked like he was so peaceful. And I, I just said to him, you know, please come back. If you feel you want to come back, please come back when you're ready. And like I say, I have this kitten now. He's called Giza. And I just know it's him. And it's, it's through the eyes. You, you can just, there's something about the eyes and the way they behave. And you just think, well, that's what so-and-so used to do. That's exactly what he used to do. And um, I know he's come back so quickly, and I feel it's so such a privilege that he's chosen to come back to me. Because when I asked Pillow if she was going to come back, she said to me, I, do, I don't know. I found being in a physical form very heavy. Oh. But that's why she came, and she experienced what it was like to be a physical being, and then she felt that she needed to be in spirit so that she could she could do more healing and um, and more work on so many different levels. And so when she said to me, I don't know if I'm coming back again, I thought, oh, no, I really want you back. But <laughs> she said, I really like just being pure energy. And I had to really honor that in her and say, okay, well, I'm just so grateful that you can come in and, and um, tell me off when I need to be told off. Because every time I say to you know, someone, oh, you know, to lose your pet, and, and I feel, I go, pardon, you said that lost word again, you know. <laughs> We are never lost. And I'm going, yeah, sorry, sorry. I have to remember that, you know. I know. We're only human, though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, What an incredible honor. And I wanted to ask you if you had a personal message, something you wanted to leave all of us with tonight. Well, I think that to reiterate that we really have to start to look at our animals in a completely different way to really, really remember that these are huge sentient beings and, and so many of them have so much to, to teach us and that you can get a message from even a fly or a cockroach even. I talk about talking to a cockroach in Mexico. Um, 
and and they can be so profound. So it's just opening our hearts and really making the effort to really try and listen to to what our animals are teaching us, because they they are working so hard to flag up things that we need to address within ourselves. You know, if your dog suddenly starts to behave in a strange way, you have to ask, okay, so what's going on for me? What has maybe been the trigger for this? So that's the message, is to really try and raise our awareness of how amazing the animals are. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to make sure all of you out there have the website. You can find lots of information on the site. Uh, go to www.anexchangeoflove.com, anexchangeoflove.com. Madeline, thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure and an honor. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been great to speak to you. Awesome. And thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. The book is fabulous. Please make sure you write this down, The Whale Whisperer. You'll be able to find it on the Internet just about everywhere. And, you know, if you check out Madeline's site, um, she's got incredible services that she provides. You know, people call her, contact her from across the globe. And so you'll be able to have your own personal empowerment uh, reading for so many things. Thank you all for tuning me in and uh, turning us on here, tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show.